Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 209 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of the Schlumberger and Cameron OFAC enforcement actions. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Uh, thought I'd look at these two enforcement actions and remember this is in the context of a 2015 DOJ uh, bribery and sanctions uh, settlement with Schlumberger, one of the biggest ones uh, in FCPA history and including uh, trade sanctions violations. So these are two interesting cases that come along. Uh, Cameron was acquired by Schlumberger. That's why um, I lumped them together into the Schlumberger mess. Anyway, uh, before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Steel Compliance. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's ethics and compliance automated platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. So like I uh, said in the opening here, you know, a little bit of background into Schlumberger and some of the issues that they've had. These two enforcement actions were issued by OFAC on the same date. Uh, and involved uh, two Schlumberger subsidiaries, the first involving Cameron International Corporation, which was acquired uh, by uh, Schlumberger, and the second, uh, Schlumberger Rod Lift, Inc., a former subsidiary that was acquired by Lufkin Rod Lift, Inc., and obviously Lufkin uh, was cut out of this in the sense that OFAC mentioned up front that Lufkin wasn't aware of this conduct, uh, had no liability for it when it acquired uh, the company and the, uh, the conduct preceded their uh, acquisition of the Schlumberger company. So uh, Cameron, let's do the first one. Uh, Cameron agreed to pay $1.4 million, $1.423 exactly, to settle OFAC charges for providing services to the Gazprom Neft Shelf for an Arctic offshore oil project. 
and Cameron provided services when U.S. senior managers approved five contracts for its foreign subsidiary, Cameron Romania, to supply goods to the Gazprom Neft Shelf's offshore oil production and exploration platform in the Russian uh, Arctic. And Cameron did not voluntarily disclose the conduct. But this, uh, the interesting part about this enforcement action is it was directed at Directive 4, not to be redundant, but Directive 4 applies to the, uh, it applies to the um, uh, oil and gas industry and Arctic drilling, uh, and Directive 4 comes out of the Ukraine-Russia sanctions regulations. So we'll go through that in a second. But basically, between July 2015 and November 2016, Cameron violated Directive 4, uh, which itself prohibits, and that was issued in September of 2014, prohibits a U.S. person from engaging in the provision, exportation, or re-exportation directly or indirectly of goods, services, except for financial, or technology in support of exploration or production for deep water, Arctic offshore or shale projects that have the potential to produce oil in the Russian Federation or in the maritime area claimed by the Russian Federation and extending from its territory, and that involve any person determined to be subject to the directive, its property, or its interests in property. And Gazprom is clearly a uh, designated uh, company in the Ukraine-Russia sectoral uh, sanctions program. The five contracts at issue here were approved by senior Cameron managers who were U.S. persons, each of them were U.S. persons, and involved the delivery of prohibited products to a wholly owned subsidiary of Gazprom Neft, which was subject to the Directive 4. Starting in July 2015, Cameron uh, Romania personnel emailed U.S. senior managers to request approvals of these contracts with Gazprom Neft. Cameron's contract approval process required review and approval by certain U.S. managers for contracts above certain monetary thresholds, as well as contracts that departed from Cameron's terms and conditions. In response, the U.S. senior managers reviewed and approved the contracts and the pre-purchase forms, which directly resulted in Cameron Romania providing services to Gazprom Neft on the Arctic shelf. At the time of the approvals, Cameron senior managers had reason to know that the services being provided were to support Arctic offshore oil producing projects by Gazprom. The documentation specifically referenced the provision of oil production or exploration uh, uh, and of the use of these goods for Gazprom and this platform and stated that the Russian uh, Arctic was the destination of the oil related goods. Cameron had established compliance policies and procedures to ensure compliance with OFAC's Directive 4. However, their compliance procedures did not address U.S. person involvement in the activities of Cameron's foreign subsidiaries. Um, In total, four Cameron U.S. uh, person senior managers, a division president, two vice presidents of finance, and one senior manager approved the contracts and pre-purchase forms. In total, Cameron made 111 shipments of oil production or exploration goods to Gazprom for use at the Arctic offshore platform. Schlumberger now, remember, acquired Cameron in April 2016, 
prior to which two of the offending contracts had been approved as part of the post-acquisition compliance review and integration of Cameron. And after the three remaining contracts were approved, Schlumberger discovered the violations of Directive 4. In June 2017, Cameron notified OFAC, but notice the time difference, almost uh, a year. Cameron notified OFAC of the violations and submitted an additional report in December 2017. OFAC determined, however, that Cameron's submissions did not constitute a voluntary self-disclosure, probably because of the delay uh, from the time of discovery to the time of disclosure. OFAC listed as aggravating factors uh, the involvement of a U.S. person senior manager at Cameron who knew or should have known that the contracts to supply goods violated Directive 4. As a mitigating factor, OFAC noted the following corrective actions. Uh, One, identifying all employees who should recuse themselves from Russia-related activities and incorporating those employees into a recusal acknowledgement system to help ensure that U.S. persons do not participate in Russian-related contracts. Two, assigning a senior compliance manager to manage the integration of Cameron's operations into Schlumberger's compliance program. Three, implementing an automatic block on all orders with a Russia bill to, ship to, or end-user reference. Uh, Such transactions are then required to undergo an additional layer of review by Schlumberger before they are approved. And four, implementing a software enhancement that requires end users to be identified for all transactions, adding a layer of scrutiny uh, to help review Russian-related transactions. OFAC cited uh, Cameron's cooperation during the investigation by submitting detailed documentation and and being responsive to OFAC's requests and entering into tolling uh, agreements. OFAC explained that this enforcement action underscored the importance of large U.S. companies with global operations assessing sanctions compliance risks. Further, OFAC noted that, quote, a U.S. person's provision of services in approving a contract for the export or re-export of goods in support of a specified oil exploration or production project with an entity added to the sectoral sanctions list is a prohibited service covered by Directive 4. Further, quote, entities with international operations involving activities by U.S. persons may face sanctions risks even if the goods or services to a sanctioned entity are provided by non-U.S. person entities or if the U.S. person is not physically present in the United States. The approval of a contract, agreement, sale, or transaction by a U.S. person manager between a foreign subsidiary and sanctioned entity may also give rise to a violation, thus underscoring why all aspects of a business engagement should be evaluated, close quote. So that's the first Cameron case. It was 1.4 million, and you can see because of the number of transactions, um, 111 shipments that went to the uh, prohibited entity, Um, And uh, in the end, uh, Cameron had to bite off a little bit uh, of a larger settlement. The next case, though, was a smaller case. But uh, in this second action, which was released on the same day, Schlumberger Rod Lift, which was now acquired by Lufkin Rod Lift and formerly was a subsidiary of Schlumberger Lift Solutions, uh, a U.S. subsidiary, 
and they agreed to pay $160,000 to settle an OFAC violation of the Sudan sanctions program, which has since been repealed in October 2017. But nonetheless, OFAC, if it was on the books at the time, will enforce the sanctions program uh, as it existed then. And it stemmed from one shipment, just one shipment of goods from a Schlumberger subsidiary in Canada to a Schlumberger joint venture in China for ultimate delivery to Sudan. Schlumberger did not voluntarily disclose the conduct to uh, OFAC. And uh, Schlumberger is, uh, I'm going to refer to them as SRL, the Schlumberger Rodlift, whereas the, uh, uh, in terms of this, in August 2014, uh, Schlumberger acquired, acquired the assets of another Texas-based company and hired a number of employees of the acquired company. Between 2015 and 2016, three of these employees who were U.S. persons facilitated the sale and shipment of oil field equipment from a Schlumberger Canadian subsidiary to a Chinese joint venture in which Schlumberger held a 50% interest for ultimately, ultimate delivery to Sudan. The U.S. employees knew that the goods were intended for Sudan and specifically knew that U.S. sanctions at the time prohibited the sale of goods and provision of services to Sudan. The managers were uh, Schlumberger's vice president and operations manager. The course of conduct uh, began in December 15 when the Schlumberger joint venture in China sent an email to U.S. employees requesting a price quote for oil field equipment for a customer in Sudan. The Schlumberger employees managed the customer requirements and arranged the shipment of the equipment to China. Over the months needed uh, to arrange the shipment, Schlumberger sent sanctions compliance reminders to the U.S. employees, reminding them that Sudan was a sanctioned country. In addition, each Schlumberger employee attended a six-hour training on trade compliance that specifically mentioned the broad scope of the prohibitions on U.S. persons who may be involved in otherwise prohibited transactions. And the training program also presented a case study of a past violation regarding Sudan and facilitation by a U.S. person. Now, uh, Schlumberger, as I mentioned, is no stranger to OFAC sanctions regulations. Uh, the U.S. Per in March of 2015, the U.S. person vice president received a uh, description of the companies entering into a plea agreement with the U.S. Department of Justice for Schlumberger's violations of Sudan and Iran sanctions. This notification detailed the plea agreement, stressed the need for ongoing and future compliance, and highlighted that uh, Schlumberger had exited the Sudan market. Despite all of this information, in April 2016, that same vice president authorized and approved Schlumberger's delivery of equipment to the China joint venture for ultimate delivery to Sudan. Now, OFAC cited the following uh, aggravating factors, that the Schlumberger employees were specifically informed that Sudan was subject to comprehensive U.S. sanctions, and they subsequently received emails and training to reinforce the Sudan prohibition. The Schlumberger employees knew or had reason to know that the goods would be exported to Sudan. The conduct occurred shortly after Schlumberger entered a guilty plea for sanctions violations, including illegal transactions with Sudan. And OFAC cited the following mitigating factors, that Schlumberger cooperated fully, 
with the investigation. They engaged in remedial efforts that included the removal of personnel involved in the conduct, and that now uh, Schlumberger, or the, the acquired company, or the company that acquired it, Lufkin Rod Lift, is in the process of implementing enhancements to the company's compliance program. OFAC noted that this enforcement action underscores the importance of implementing effective compliance programs for multinational corporations uh, in, that operate across multiple global subsidiaries and employ diverse workforces. In addition, OFAC noted that global companies should ensure appropriate compliance controls are implemented for integrating acquired companies. OFAC noted that the company should take steps to ensure that all relevant personnel receive and understand existing sanctions, prohibitions, and the company's compliance program. In this respect, OFAC noted the importance of ongoing training and subsequent audits and testing to ensure that compliance procedures are being followed. Well, we can tell Schlumberger for one transaction uh, gets hit with uh, 160000 uh, and that obviously is the context of the Cameron case itself, as well as the overall DOJ enforcement action uh, in 2015. So uh, that obviously uh, tainted here or encouraged OFAC to take uh, a, uh, an aggressive position on these, uh, on these matters. Anyway, so that's it for today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and we'll see you soon. See you next week with another episode. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com. Exchange no time to exchange you and all.